0: The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents The Monstrous Regiment Featuring a round table of dominion women Seeking to honor Jesus Christ in applying God's word Fearlessly and faithfully In all callings and seasons of life Both in and out of the home Reversing the curse And smashing pagan strongholds
1: Matthew 18:10. Jesus said, "See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven." I'm Kate Robinson.
2: I'm Becky Robinson,
1: and we are the Monstrous Regiment. Uh, we were originally going to do a slightly different episode tonight, and then um, both of us were just feeling kind of uninspired about what we were going to talk about, and various situations and conversations in our lives got us thinking about um children and how children pay the penalty for adult sins so often and how even in christian circles that's not taken as seriously as jesus would have us take it so that's what we want to talk about tonight yep where to begin (laughs) (laughs) neither of us have children uh we have a lot of siblings and nephews and nieces, and a lot of situations where these things are relevant. Um, I write fiction for children, so that counts for something, right? True. We don't have children, but both of us have been, um, you know, activists against abortion for a long time, and and we have situations in our own families, and, and we've been given cause to think about how in the culture where oppression trickles dra- down and where everybody lives for themselves and to pursue their own pleasure, um, the the weakest and the most vulnerable are 100% of the time going to pay the consequence for that. And um, the, I mean, the scripture is, is replete with God's heart for children, with commands um, for how we're to treat them. And I think it's super important that we calibrate ourselves, I guess, to remember that that um, our selfishness is not victim, victimless, you know? Yeah.
2: Something that comes up a lot, I've noticed, um, just in the last couple of weeks, I've had conversations with coworkers or friends who just, they mention almost flippantly uh, things that, traumatizing things that happened to them when they were a child. But, you know, I, so I had someone say to me once where she was like, oh, like, something horrible happened to me when I was a kid. And she blew past it to the next thing that she was saying. Um and of course I I thought about it for a long time because um it was kind of scary how she how she almost trivialized it in the moment. Um and then it happened a couple more times where I was just talking to a friend or a coworker and they would just mention, Oh, this, this happened to me when I was a kid and it and it was never something small, it was always something so traumatizing and so awful from divorce to um rape to molestation and all that stuff Um, and it just got me thinking more and more about all of these formative years when you should be uh, experiencing life and enjoying life and uh, feeling safe and warm and um, being allowed to have creativity and your mind's growing and you should be reading and exploring and uh, instead you are carrying the weight of your father's or your mother's or both uh, sin and selfishness and Um, and, you know, people say like kids are resilient and that's, that's, is true because kids adapt and they, they survive and they do what they have to do. They shouldn't Um, have to. But they shouldn't have to.
1: And (laughs) I mean, um, kids should have to grow. Like we learn and we grow from our experience, but you should not have to be the parent and learn to, um, adapt to horrible trauma that could be avoided.
2: And it's just, it's just this has been striking me lately how it's not rare anymore. Right. That you talk to somebody who has experienced something um horrible or traumatizing as a child from a very young age. It's it's almost the norm now. It's actually rare yeah. to have parents that loved you and, and took care of you and right. just just cared for you and loved you and nurtured you. That that is a super rare thing. And I I was very lucky and blessed by God to have that. And so I didn't know. Yeah. I for... wish I had those. <laughs> true though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I guess that is true. <laughs>
2: that's another. That's we have the point, same. Actually.
1: Technically we have the same dad, but we the two. version of him that I grew up with and the version of him that she different. grew up with
2: are not the same. Right. Which is, is our point because Christ is real and God is real and redemption can happen. And right. We are from two different generations in the same family. And I experienced a whole different uh, upbringing than they did. Right. Um, which is the point, I mean, I didn't even know that that I didn't know that that wasn't normal for a long time, yeah, and most kids don't know that it's uh they don't know that other people experience the things that they do, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of lonely if you're a kid
1: yep. and you're you're the people who tell you how the world is are your parents, right, and if your parents and are watching them yeah. selfish and acting selfishly, you don't know you're alone, you don't know. That um that's not the way that it's supposed to be. And and I just it's mind-boggling the scars that people um have on their souls from not being loved as they should be as a child. And and we're gonna discuss this, but it's the you know, it runs the gamut from like things that parents could have avoided if they knew better, but they just didn't know better. They were doing the best that they could to just selfishness and and so i think we want to talk about some of the different ways that that um manifests some of the presuppositions you know the about the world that lead to it we talk a lot here at reconstructionist radio about power religion um you know the the view that value is derived from how powerful you are whether it's physical or, or status or whatever but it's it's kind of woven deep into all of us, and uprooting it from ourselves is difficult, even when we're aware of it. And there is sort of a default view that someone who is younger or weaker or less powerful is um, you're more justifiable in doing to them what they can't prevent you from doing. To them. <laughs> they're not as,
2: they're not as deserving of basic decent rights as you are.
1: Right. Um, levels. You know, and, and one of the other causes is, is just the narcissism that exists in all of us to varying degrees. We all think that the world revolves around us and our desires and our dreams and our hopes and our goals. And Christ, wanted, he wants to turn that upside down. And he came and said, everything that is natural to you in this way is backwards. In the kingdom, the least is the greatest. And these children, their angels, see the face of my Father in heaven. Yep. And you have to be like a child to get into the kingdom of God. And um, if you you should take the lowly position, and the, he who is first shall be last. All these things, but our natural inclination, as just worldly humans, is to flip that the wrong way and think that because people don't have a voice or they don't have the power to resist. That, um, we can use them to meet our own ends or we can, um, sacrifice them to meet our own ends, you know?
2: And it is a power religion because it's like, um, that narcissistic view puts, instead of us being made in God's image, uh, you are God and everyone is made in your image. So, first of all, you think that everybody is like you, thinks like you, and is, is playing the same games as you, and, um... And you think that you are you are the center of all of it. And you you keep the wheels turning and you are um, you're the thing that you worship. And right. you are right. mad that other people don't also
0: worship you.
2: And right. Like there's so many different versions of that because there's so many so many levels of um like you said it's it's in all of us and to an extent we all think that we're just Right, the story is from our viewpoint, so we think that we're, we're the we're star the story. of the yeah. story,
1: and everyone else is a supporting actor, and they're expendable right. sometimes.
2: Right. Yep, and a lot of Christian Christian culture um, supports that and helps that grow, where the most powerful is on top, and the weaker, uh, the weaker vessels and the weaker people are below, our and are voiceless. voiceless and and in the world of course that and in politics and um, mm-hmm. you just see it happen over and over and again that same pattern of the strong and then the weaker and then the weakest and the sin and the decisions of that strongest person are trickling down into yeah. the heads and into the lives of the weaker.
1: I mean that's parties. always how it goes. In 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 the world we see it throughout history and we've gotten in trouble for saying it about um you know various relationships but like you see it throughout scripture and throughout history that in a non-redeemed environment, in ungodly people, which is the we live in a fallen culture, the strong always oppress the weak, and oppression oppression always trickles down and it always lands on the heads of the weakest and the most vulnerable. Yeah. And in the case of children, it's especially a crime because they literally cannot defend themselves and they can't speak up for themselves and they can't and um you know and and they are created often because of this lifestyle because of pursuing our own ends and our own desires and um objectifying other humans you know the objectification of men and women results in little human lives who are actually born into already broken homes you know where they children deserve to be loved and raised by their parents and and so many times they're created already in a broken
2: environment where the adults got there by living selfishly and right. for themselves. Right. And because they treat one another as objects, um, they that child is, is automatically an object to them. Right. It's just another piece of their little lives, but it's not a human, it's not an individual or somebody who is uniquely important. They are just another... Well, and
1: actually you saying that the flip side of that too, you know, people, and one of the, one of the most obvious and most insidious ways that this attitude manifests is in abortion, obviously, and in the destruction of human beings, um, because their parents don't want them right. or they aren't, they aren't ready for them. But on the flip side, um, viewing children as commodities to, as, or, as, or like as accessories or the children themselves, are the achievement of your dreams, right. leads to the same, you know, the other side of the same evil coin, which is um, a world where we have 10,000 children in freezers right. because their parents were selfish and wanted their own kids and wanted, you know, one wanted, boy, one girl. Yeah, wanted the exact right family that they had always dreamed of. And it's not because these are little individual human image bearers. It's because I wanted a daughter. I wanted someone that I could say was mine. And, um, and they're both, they're both equally evil. Yeah.
2: Yeah, It just, it just shows you how many different versions of it there are that, um, that all stem from the exact same love of self, love of self and the different degrees that we are uh, willing to accept. And in Christian culture, it's, it's different. There's like, like Kate said, there's a lot of, um, you get to have your happy family that looks the way that you wanted it to look, and they're still your your commodities. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the world, there's a million different versions of it as well. That
1: yeah, and even in because involved. so because so much of Christendom has adopted worldly mindsets. You know, I mean, that what we just said was one example, but even the the people who um, fight abortion a lot of the times are people who have adopted the idea that the mother, like Toby and I got yelled at or you know into an argument with someone at the abortion clinic last week sometime because we, we, were, um, we were told that we were humiliating parents by pleading with them not to rip their children's arms and legs off and throw them in a dumpster like these are anti-abortion people who are saying the feelings of these parents are more important and more fragile than the lives the of these children. the bodies of these little human children. Right. And then of course we always get into the conflict especially this time of year during 40 days for life when people want to tell us that we should be promoting adoption more. Right. Um you know scripture is very clear that Christians should be caring for widows and orphans. Christians should adopt orphans. Absolutely. Yes. But to promote adoption to parents as an alternative to abortion, right. you don't have to kill your baby because you can give it away to someone else who will raise it for you. Right. Um, I mean, yes, it's better. It's better to do that than to murder him. Right. But children deserve to be loved and raised by their own parents. Right. And that's the better option. We don't, I mean, obviously to, to, decide to sacrifice yourself and your goals and your dreams and even like put your fears in the hands of God for the sake of this little one is the way that the world is supposed to be right
2: right to love them as as a individual important valuable image bearer of God and and not as an extension of you and not as an extension of uh, your desires or your sin but as a person
1: Yeah, if we could stop viewing humans as extensions of ourselves, adult humans and children, that would be great. (laughs) That would be kind of a huge step. Um, I mean, so yeah, abortion is one of the most obvious manifestations of this. Child abuse is rampant. I mean, the stories are getting worse and worse every day. Um, Pedophilia is becoming normalized. There's like actual movements of people who feel okay publicly saying that they view innocent children as sexual objects and that that should be normal and that you can't say anything about that because of the way it makes them feel that you think that that's evil. Um, so that is horrifying. Um, you know, you hear people talk about, um, children who are conceived in rape as if they were not human, as if they were, um, yeah, I mean, even pro-life people talk about you shouldn't have to look at the face of your rapist every day right. as if this Again, little... Yeah, like they're an extension of right. that person. Right. Like, this is a human being, a valuable, precious image-bearer of God, and and we're totally fine saying, well, they're small and they're weak, right. and I feel bad, right? and so I can dispose of them like garbage to make me care. feel better. Right. And... um obviously I'm horribly opposed to rape and, and I've been sexually assaulted and sexually violated in various ways. And so I'm not saying that that that's not traumatic or something, but another little human being doesn't have to pay the penalty for that. trauma. Um, on top of trauma. but I think that there are more common and more acceptable right. ways that this manifests that, that are a bigger problem in Christian circles. Um, you know, divorce. I mean, obviously, like, an abusive marriage is abusive to the children and and the, you know, spouse that's being abused. You and I have right. seen some of the evidence of that, of, of little children having to be, um, having to spend time with abusive parents right. and not having anyone to protect or advocate for them. Right. Um, having to be manipulated and gaslighted by their parents. Um <laughs> having to be the parents and take care because their parents, their mom or dad is so immature that the child finds themselves like having to make adult decisions that they shouldn't have to make or having to feeling like it's their responsibility to care for things that they shouldn't have to care for. Right. Um, And then you've got, I mean, just your standard divorce. Like people talk about it, like, it's not that big a deal, like ripping your child's home apart and then making him go back and forth between parents for the rest of his life and meet a new mom or meet a new dad or a series of new, you know. Right. It's unbelievable how much children have to pay. For the selfishness of the people who should be sacrificing themselves to to, uh, make sure that they have the home that, that God designed for them to have.
2: Right. Yeah, and a lot of uh a lot of times the way, well, all the time the way that um a child's parents treat them and care for them and behave around them informs that child's uh understanding mm-hmm. of their own value and their own worth and their own uh purpose for existing and a lot of people are raised in homes where they are treated like they are um one of the things that gets packed up and moved houses and and mm-hmm. just one of the uh just a piece of furniture really and not not as important as uh how they how their parents feel. Right. Or, or right. them chasing their uh desires and what they want and, and having instant gratification and um shuffling those kids around.
1: And they don't even know belonging. a lot of times that that's not how it's supposed to be. And so no, there's like a brokenness normal. in them and they don't understand why it's a struggle right. and and they feel you know messed up or out of place or i mean it's just if we could see how much of our own just pursuit of self lands on their little shoulders i think it would break our hearts
2: it should break our hearts i think that even a lot of times even christians don't view children rightly at all they, no. we, we still think of them as lesser uh less important or less less um less important <laughs> well you see ourselves. that yeah and you
1: see that a lot in the way that um you know some of the mainstream movements raise children right where they they raise them with a goal of making them obedient and compliant right instead of with a goal of um teaching their little hearts to understand what's good and what's bad and, and and to choose what's right and nurturing their individual souls and, and giving them a safe place to be who they are, you know? And I mean, I know I, for a long time didn't realize how abnormal or how wrong it was to, to measure whether a kid was a good kid or a bad kid based on um, whether they were well-behaved Right, You know, in social settings or whatever. But, I mean, it's not that bad behavior is good, but um, but compliance and obedience are not the goals of child rearing. Right. You know? right.
2: right. And that's one of the forms that uh, you see the most often because even myself that it has taken years of living with children mm-hmm. to realize, which is stupid, but I realized how much growing up I talked to children or people younger than me uh, like they were just less important and right. I didn't I didn't care what they thought or had to say or because they were just on a different their thoughts um, weren't valid right yeah right their feelings aren't as important like you just you see it all the time parents or um older people just just disregarding younger people disregarding how they feel it doesn't matter um like if you're in a movie and you you see those parents who bring the the little kid who's screaming and scared and they just they're just a piece of yeah and it's it, when you start
1: to say idea. stuff like this there's like certain people's brains that are like self-esteem that's psychobabble right <laughs> nurturing their individual souls just spank them yeah and i'm not this is not about spanking or not spanking that's not the point the point is Children are individual human beings right. with like growing souls and desires and hopes and like thoughts and they're developing and learning and they're learning from the adults around them. Right. They're learning about their own value. They're learning about the value of other humans. Right. And, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, oh good, Peter kicked on. Excellent. Um. There's a lot of, you know, even theological discussions that go on in Christian circles that we don't that we're we're content to just agree to disagree on on various things. Um, but I mean, bad teachings that you hold on to because of pride or whatever impact your children's souls. Right. Like, think about the purity culture that we grew up in the right. the and and the scars like. Our sister was saying earlier today that everyone in our old like youth group setting bears in some way or another because of what we were taught about
2: what we are and who we are. And our value. Uh, yeah, basically all that, all that same stuff about being a product and being uh, an object mm-hmm. and your entire life having to do with uh, buying and selling and being something that can be bought and sold and not about um, laying down your life or about being an important and unique individual and, and how that relates to other people. And um, I think it's so, so heartbreaking to see uh, children who, who are born in that environment and raised from the beginning in in, uh, in the environment where they are an object and their parents treat each other like objects. Right. And uh, from the very beginning, that's that's what they see that's what they know and that just perpetuates that abuse on and on and on and on generations and generations down
1: it's scary yeah that, you want that to be your legacy that, that you taught your children that they're a product and they're right. other humans are products and yeah um, I mean I don't know I don't know how effectively we're making the point here but I just think that In a right-side-up world, um, you know, like we talked about, Jesus showed us the example of what a father's love for his children should look like. And in a right-side-up world, mothers sacrifice themselves for their children, not vice versa. And fathers sacrifice themselves for their children and not vice versa. And mothers and fathers love each other well for the sake of their children and not just say, oh, kids are resilient, right. it'll be fine, and, uh, and just pursue whatever they, they want. I mean, we just if we could just let go of what we want and turn right. our love outward and love our neighbors, right. and especially the weakest and the most vulnerable. So I guess, I mean, I, I don't know if this is coming through, but I feel like we just need to have a, a sober understanding of the heart of God um toward little ones toward children um jesus was so serious about it when he said you know when uh, um his disciples rebuked people for bringing children to him and he called the little child to him and placed the child among them and said truly i tell you unless you change and become like little children you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven therefore whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes a child like this in my name welcomes me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. And that's been quoted my whole life, but I feel like a lot of us don't take that seriously enough. We don't understand how serious Jesus was about not leaving children astray. Right. You know?
2: Yeah, I think that basically... This wasn't the episode that we planned and I wanted to do it anyway without having uh, a chance to write anything down or make it as impactful as I wanted because this is the type of thing that we talk about all the time. It seems obvious. Why do we even have to say this? But um, I'm just sick of it. I'm just sick of seeing children hurt and harmed and um, disregarded and treated like they don't matter and we don't take it seriously enough at all. Right. We allow ourselves to be driven around by sin and um, we're slaves to ourselves. And we don't, as a culture, as a church, we don't care how right. it affects our children. Right. We just don't care. It doesn't. Nothing matters ever as much as what we want in this moment. And, I mean, we've seen that.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No. We've seen that. I mean, it, some of the um, church splits that I've been a part of, and some of the um, Christian communities that have, you know, been impacted by various, um, it's always the children that break my heart. You know, I don't have any kids, but I love, I love kids, and I'm always like the babysitter, and I'm always like the auntie everywhere, and I've lost so many kids that are precious to me, and they've lost relationship with people that are precious to them because of um, people being prideful and right. selfish right. and putting putting whatever political goal or whatever desire, you know, offense or whatever ahead of their children.
2: Right, right. I just think they are, uh, children are getting lost in the Great Commission. We don't, yeah. there's like, for all of us, there's some age or there's some criteria that people have to meet before we care about what happens to them. And a lot of abortion activists don't care what happens to a kid after he's born. And that's the thing we're accused all the time. And it's true for some people. You mean anti-abortion activists? Yes. <laughs>
1: anti-abortion
2: I mean, activists. a lot of abortion, abortion activists, activists, activists also don't also don't care about it.
1: Right. Um, that's it, sort of a straw man because they're not adopting children either. Right. But. True.
2: But... Yes I meant anti abortion activists obviously <laughs> don't they don't care what happens to to kids after and even the kids that are in their own homes and families they don't care they they're just objects to them they're just pieces, and they don't
1: i mean we know we know a lot of abolitionists that adopt children yes, yes. you know right. uh, so it's not meant to be like
2: a blanket statement yeah. but you do i see it i see yeah. it far too often and um, people who don't care about young young children, teenagers who have been growing up in those environments, we're not we're not trying to help them. Yeah. As a as a whole.
1: I mean, basically, like we just keep saying, when we live for ourselves, um, somebody so always pays the price. Case. And because of the way that creation works, it's always the it's always them. It's always everything right. that we do rolls down on the heads of people who are too young and too innocent and yep. too little to bear it. Right. And they shouldn't have to.
2: Right. And I always have a very naive hope that when it comes to people who uh, have spent their whole lives just using other people uh, and, a, and a child comes about because of that, that somehow seeing someone so innocent and so new and so um, just just blameless will turn their hearts and soften their hearts. But most of the time it doesn't. You know, seeing seeing that person doesn't change their hearts, Only, you know, God can sometimes He uses children to do that, but yeah. I I always hope that that will happen. But it's the same pattern over and over again that that the bigger, stronger, more important person
1: yeah
2: and we you know more than the than the child
1: does. It's you know for for people who don't know us, it's close to our hearts because we have we have people in our family um, or extended family who um, you know are that we live with children that we live with that have been discarded by their parents. Um, not all their parents (laughs) or, or, you know, um, other children that have been born out of some of that sin that's taken place. And, and so, um, it's just horrible. It's horrible to see little, the most innocent and the most vulnerable and the most weak bear the sins of their fathers and mothers. Right.
2: Every time over and over again.
1: So um, I'm not even really sure how to close that up except, except to exhort brothers and sisters to be sober about this, to, to um, consider the ways not just that, that your pride and selfishness affects the other people around you or could have negative consequences on your own life, But understand that everything that you do, whether you're leading them down a certain path or whether they're experiencing the consequences um, in some of the other ways that we listed, everything that you do is born by your children in some way or another. And we're going to be called to account one day for the ways that we um, failed to love these little ones the way that we ought to have. Anything to add? No. (laughs) <laughs> sorry, I'm a little emotional, you guys. Yeah. It's just like, man, like when you think about um, just their little souls having to bear up under so much selfishness and sin, it's just horrible. Yeah. But God is good and, you know, there's so much redemption that can be born out of these situations. And, man, I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> we're going through it. Anyway. Sorry, this is kind of a weird episode. Uh, different than we planned, like we said. We were going to talk about... We were actually going to tell some stories about things that happen in our lives that are um, funny and disturbing. But we'll talk about that, we'll talk about that some other time. Um, but anyway, thank you guys for listening. And if you have any um, suggestions or feedback or comments, we'd love to hear them. And I uh, hope you guys have a blessed week.
0: Thank you for listening to The Monstrous Regiment. We hope this podcast inspires and equips you to go and exercise dominion for Christ's kingdom. Terrible as an army with banners.